It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin, uh, joined today by somebody who it took way too long to get on the show the first time he came on. And I promised him then we aren't going to wait that long again. We <laughs> said we would come and, and, and talk about Ahsoka, and that's eventually what we're going to get to here later. He does Hoops Tonight for the volume. He also has the Two Sons pod that he does with his buddy that I have enjoyed quite a bit as well. Jason Timp, thank you very much for hopping on, man. Uh, you, you ready? We're, we're right around the corner. We're almost there. Anthony, what's up, man? I'm super excited. And first of all, we have like legit media day taking place today for what? The Thunder and the Mavericks? So like yeah. NBA basketball's here, man. It's here. And thank God, because this offseason has probably been the slowest and most boring offseason that I can remember, certainly since I started covering the league. But I mean, it's been probably at least five years since we've had this boring of an offseason. Yeah, I, 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 we were talking before we went live, and I, I threw out the, the idea that like the NBA is really banking on parity, right? We saw last year how tight the playoff run was. We saw how wide open the postseason was, where the Lakers and the Heat made their crazy runs to the conference finals and eventually to the finals. And the notion that like, yeah, we want, you know, I, I think in Adam Silver's NBA, he wants every fan base to feel like, at the beginning of the season, their team has like kind of a puncher's chance. Maybe a couple teams going into like the, the Blazers fans, I would imagine, don't think they have much to, to, to root for in terms of the title, but they will have Scoot to root for and Spurs fans will have Wemby to root for. And I, I, I do think, though, that what the gamble there is because they're with that parity and there being no real super team that like no, no proven super team that there's no team to really hate. Like all these fan bases just kind of sitting back. We're just like, all right, you know, Indiana fans are like, well, maybe this year's the, t- the year that we go from like mediocrity to being pretty good. And we don't really hate the Lakers. Don't really hate the Warriors and the Nuggets won and they're great. They're going to be really good again next year, but they're not really hateable. So yeah, I'm really curious with how this offseason played out and the lack of momentum going into the season, how that's going to play. Also, like, it's it's such a, it's so not the NBA. It's like, you made the point, this is so different from how we have covered this. It's such a different league than the one that we have covered. I don't know if, if it's like shock value to what we're doing as well that we have to get used to. I don't know. It's just, it all feels kind of weird, but I'm happy that we're finally here. 
Yeah, ideally you'd have both, right? Like ideally yeah. you'd have parity and teams at the top that are hateable, right? And like yeah. I was doing my power rankings and I think there are 19 teams in out of the 30 that could legitimately convince themselves that they have a puncher's chance to at least That's win nuts. their conference, which is crazy. And like you mentioned, the other 11 teams all have exciting young talented cores to watch, you know what yeah. I mean? And so like there's there that part is fine, but I I agree with you. You want to have you want to have the 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 type of galvanizing uh, uh, rooting against that type of entity at the top of the league, and hopefully that ends up being you know in a season like this, the Lakers and the Suns are good examples of that. Yeah. The Celtics kind of capture that vibe. So hopefully, ideally, you get both. But at the end of the day, like it, it's just a weird summer because like last year we just had just crazy engagement from the California fan bases. Like Lakers fans were constantly pulling their hair out, myself included, trying to yeah. beg for a Russell Westbrook trade. Like every, do you remember every single day last <laughs> summer was like, is today the day? And it was like, it was this palpable, like in, and then you got, we got to the week before training camp and the reports started to come out that they were going to wait. And then it like caused this whole other thing where <laughs> everyone's even more angry. And then, you're yep. like watching preseason games and watching early season games. It was like such a classic engagement from the Laker fan base in a negative way, which is so funny because like when it comes to the NBA, typically, and I've seen this with with my show, when I'm covering the league, uh, when a when a when a lesser known team starts to have success, that's when their fan base engages, and then we hit yeah. bigger numbers. Like we hit big numbers covering the Nuggets last year in the playoffs. Why? Because they're doing good and they're engaged and they're. And they're but like the Lakers, it's weird. It's like the opposite. So much it's hate like with, watching. With the, yeah, this is this is by far the best Laker team and Laker roster yeah. coming into the season since the year after they won the championship, right? Like this is this is the year that they have those expectations. I have them pretty high in my power rankings, and like everyone's just kind of chilling, you know? Yeah. And then we also, and then the Warriors are kind of in that reverse position now, where they're adding all of the old veteran players and they're coming into the season with gaping holes on their roster it's kind of interesting what a difference a year makes man i'll tell you yeah i remember last year i compared the whole rust situation to like watching a a car accident happen in a parking lot where like two cars <laughs> are like backing out of their spot at the same time and you're like somebody's gonna notice right like you guys know he's still on the roster right you guys know you have 33 six, three guys on your team, right? Like eventually, <laughs> you know, you're going to, you're going to address it. Right. And then they didn't. And then, yeah, like you're talking about, there was so much like hate watching and hate listening from Lakers fans this year. And, and it was funny, you, you know, you, you fast forward a year to now and all summer I had been told that Christian Wood was going to happen. He was just waiting to see how things are going to play out in Miami, waiting to see what, how things are going to play out potentially in Phoenix or whatever, if, if they traded Aiton. Um, but like at the end of the day, and, and he eventually said too, in his kind of introductory presser, <clears throat> presser, or maybe he said it on a pod that he and Darvin Ham had been talking all summer. So like, this was a really poorly kept secret. And, um, and it was funny when the Lakers eventually signed him, it really was a sign of how successful their off season was because I felt like people were, were, were getting themselves up in a, in a hissy just because they hadn't had to, to this point, it's been a solid off season. It's a good, it's a, it's, it's in my opinion, one of the deeper rosters in the NBA. And so when they signed Christian Wood, Lakers fans that I saw on Twitter were like, no, this, Oh, there it is. Holy shit. What did the Dame trade go down to the Milwaukee bucks? No way. 
at Woj ESPN. Oh breaking. man, you're kidding me. <laughs> oh, it, do you think it was straight up for Drew Holiday? Um. Oh my god, that would seem man. to make sense. But he just Holiday just had like a big profile for their local paper. They're saying he wanted to go to he wanted to retire a buck. So Lillard goes to Milwaukee as part of a three-team deal with Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, <laughs> Tamani Kamara, and a 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first going to the Blazers. Whoa, Phoenix whoa, 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 whoa. lands three-team yeah. deal. Oh my god! Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold, what the hell? Dude, a, a bomb just went off in the NBA, man. <laughs> uh. <laughs> what the hell? So, Aiton's going to Milwaukee, too? Yeah. No, no. So, Aiton's no, got to no. be. Aiton, Aiton's going, going to, to Phoenix. Portland. Or to, yeah, to Portland. Um, Phoenix, Phoenix gets lands. use of Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. Okay, so Phoenix basically. Wow. Well, Phoenix gave up Aiton for almost nothing. I mean, they, they'd been hoping to do that. That's crazy. I mean, I guess wow, Nurkic dude. can kind of step in. I, I feel like they got worse, <laughs> though. I feel like Phoenix got worse. Milwaukee's tough. I think they're going to miss Drew's defense. Oh, my gosh. You know, I love that deal. I love that deal. Because I was pitching a whole James Harden swap for Drew Holiday because of a pick and roll passer with Giannis. This is, yeah. Oh my gosh, man. This is well, do you think overnight Giannis, favorite, right? Damon Giannis is overnight favorite, right? It's up there. Do you think Giannis accepts being the short roll? Like, do you think he, he, he accepts like being the, the, the screen setter and, and operating as the center of the universe from that in, in that capacity? Obviously, you still have Brooke Lopez who can step out and hit threes. But I, yeah, to your point, if they just run, if they just kind of spam Dame Giannis pick and rolls or invert it on occasion and then have Dame picking and popping there and have Giannis throwing the pass over the top of whatever trap that they send, 
that is really difficult to to defend. And it's funny, all summer I've been kind of thinking the East hasn't really gotten all that better, but this does reshape the East, right? Like it just talking off of the look, obviously we didn't plan this. This we were gonna talk about the Lakers or whatever, but, uh, but we, we have, have to, to talk take, about this, man. Yeah. This is crazy. But so my initial thought is that Milwaukee does vault to the top of the East. I don't know if it necessarily makes them better than the Nuggets, though. What do you think? Okay, so specifically, that's a matchup that I like for Denver in a potential NBA Finals series, a team that just has a ridiculously good defensive backline, right? So we're talking Brooke Lopez and Giannis. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost like the perfect structure for a, a defense to put Brooke Lopez in single coverage on Jokic and to have such a freaky athlete behind. And Giannis is like one of the rare guys in the league that can offer help at the rim and also take away the the lob pass to the basket or, or the kick out mm-hmm. pass to the weak side corner. He's like an alien in that sense. So like that as a, as, as it pertains to a matchup with Denver, that's almost ideal because you're taking the perfect defensive front line to contain Jokic and you're combining it with an outrageously good pull-up shooter, which yeah. will force Nikola Jokic out way further out on screens than he's accustomed to. Well, he actually likes to come out on screens, but in a way that will actually be able to punish him. As, as we've seen, the teams that have had the most success against Denver offensively have been teams like Golden State Warriors. that have a ridiculously good set of quick guards that can beat people off the dribble and stuff, right? So in a weird way, this team is constructed to beat Denver because they have the defensive front line to hang with him and they've got the pull-up shooting and really just that two-man game combo because that's the thing is like Giannis barreling down in four on threes in the middle of the floor with Jokic out at the perimeter. Like, dude, I, I, I need the dust to settle. Cause that's with Grace and Allen going out. You're uh, there's a little bit of a hole at the two there. Yeah. Um, uh, and I mean, I mean, who does that end up being Javon Carter now or Pat Connaughton? Yes. Like Probably, I, yeah. I, that. Yeah. So like that, it, it, I need to see the dust settle on this, but just, Purely from a basketball perspective, the core of Dame, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez instantaneously becomes probably your like one of the best top fours in the league, right up there with Phoenix, right? I mean, and in terms of two way capability, uh, potentially an even crazier level than that. That's wow, man! I would th- this this, is, this came out of nowhere. This is devastating for Miami, right? Oh like, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Because Dame their... probably is happy. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I mean he's on he's on a title team now, you know, um, which is what he's said all all he's cared about is winning, right? Um, all he's said publicly is that he, you know, we've seen the leaks and reports from his camp that have tried and from Miami's camp that have really tried to get him to Miami. But in this case, if he's unhappy playing next to Giannis in Milwaukee, and also also devastating for Miami is that this keeps Giannis happy. Right? Oh my gosh, because man. They, they were hoping that all right, if not if not this one, eventually they would just try for Giannis again. That takes that, I would imagine, off of the board. So this is probably I can't think of a worst case scenario for Miami. They lost Gabe Vincent, they lost Max Struess. They are a worse team than they were last year when they were barely a play-in team. They went on that miraculous run because Jimmy Butler did crazy Jimmy Butler things. But banking on that again with Jimmy Butler being a year older, I. 
this go is for James Harden. For Bring him down to the strip club <laughs> capital of the world. Can we like can you're we, our backup plan? <laughs> can we televise him taking Pat Riley's fat challenges? Like yes. Just, <laughs> I mean, I, I, that is crazy. But um, no, I love the point that you made about the ways that they can specifically go at Denver. Um, how about in the East? Do you see them? I, also, how does Dame handle this? Like he has been. Like Damian Lillard kind of loyal to Miami throughout this entire process, but now all of a sudden he's going to Milwaukee. Uh, I, you have to think he's mostly happy, but also this isn't that Miami market that NBA players really, really love. It's the opposite. Milwaukee is... It, it's definitely <laughs> it's not the, the market that, yeah. that Dame's hoping for. There's, there's no doubt that... But like, I guarantee you Dame's sitting somewhere right now and he's like, holy shit, like... Giannis. I have a I have the best defensive front line in the league behind me. So yeah. like I can I can get away with shit defensively that I've gotten away with my entire career. Um okay, I can't keep running pick and roll and ISO. I can throw the ball to Chris Middleton and he can, you know, uh yeah. do some of the over the top shot making that I haven't had next to me over the years. I'm like not they, playing with that was what Jeremy Grant was guy. supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing with another six one guy. Like, yeah. like, dude, this is wow. Wow. I I will say, like, specifically from a basketball standpoint, I don't think you could construct a more naturally fitting duo than Dame with an elite defensive front line, uh, a ball screen threat in Giannis, the pressure being off of Dame to... Because, like, the thing with Dame is, like, he's this unbelievable shot maker. I've always argued, and, and Warriors fans think I'm crazy, but I actually think Dame is just as good or very close to as good as Steph on the ball. It's everything mm-hmm. else that separates Steph. It's yeah. his willingness to work off the ball. It's his willingness to compete on the defensive end of the floor. It's his willingness to rebound and do all those things. That's Which sets is all Dame. very important. Absolutely. Yeah. But on the ball, Dame, there's still n- there, there aren't many players in NBA history who are as effective as Dame on the ball. And mm-hmm. so like putting him in that situation, think about all the playoff games we've watched with Milwaukee over the years that have gotten into slowdown situations and Giannis is tired because he's been a bull in a china shop for the last eight minutes in a shift. And then yeah. like it just turns into Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday taking really tough shots and missing them most of the time. You know, like that that's the thing is you're now throwing into this mix the the incredible high level shot maker you need. Like Denver fan, I'll give you an example. Denver fans are like uh a little bit they're riding a little too high right now because they're just convinced they're going to repeat, you know? And yeah. every time you, and all you have to do is look back in NBA history and look like, Oh, like the, the, the Warriors thought they were going to repeat after 2018. And then an injury derailed them. Right. Like yep. obviously the Raptors quietly but it's like the 2020 Lakers came into the next season thinking they were going to repeat. They had all the, the juice coming out of that season and then yep. injuries ripped them apart. 2021 bucks. They come into the next season. Giannis is best player in the world. We're the best team in the league. We're going to repeat Chris Middleton gets hurt and you lose. Right. Like there's yeah. you, but like with the nuggets, what I always say is like, everyone looks at it as like it's just a bunch of role players in Jokic, but if you take one of those guys out, it throws the entire mix off. Like if you, if KCP gets hurt and then it turns into Christian Braun at the two and you can help off of him, it could throw off the entire math of their entire offense. And that's the thing. Like, it, it Just think of that in reverse. Upgrading Drew Holiday, an inconsistent offensive player, into yeah. potentially one of the best Absolutely. on-ball creators in the league – it, mm-hmm. it, it just completely shifts the math of the entire offense. Like, like it, it, I don't yeah. think people are, are really 
uh, aware yet of just how much this is going to open things up for Giannis. Because like their the base scheme for your defense is going to have to be containing Dame and pick and roll. That's your base scheme. Yeah. And and, and then Giannis is literally going to be the beneficiary of all of that. Yeah, the you know, with Drew, I love Drew. I think he's almost like the prototypical elite point guard to sit next to or like in his prime he's he's kind of slowed down a little bit but like in his prime he was like the prototypical point guard to play next to an elite wing right um he's not going to be your best player if he's like your second or third ish best player you're you got a really good team and i i really like drew but to your point milwaukee is already so solid defensively Giannis is such a freak. Brooke Lopez is such an elite rim protector. Chris Middleton is nice and long. Uh, Pat Connaughton, who I think would probably start at the, or or Carter, either of those guys, get after it defensively. You have more than enough to make up for what Dame doesn't bring on that side of the court. And then on the offensive side of the court, you have, he, he's going to be hitting shots from Lambeau. And, 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 and they're going to be and the, and there's just like nothing. A lot of these teams are going to be able to do about it. And so while so many, you know, defenses are going to be rightly focused on how do we stop Dame from going full Dame time, all that's going to let is Giannis to get the ball in the half court with a running start. It, there's nothing, there's nothing on earth that can stop that. There's it's a, that's the unstoppable force. So yeah, that is uh, th- this is like the perfect situation for Dame. I think even if he wanted Miami, I think this is the perfect situation for him to arrive in. And I, I, I again, I would put them. I, I think I, I, I've been a little iffy on Boston's offseason all summer. Um, I've been waiting to see what Milwaukee would do to just kind of like freshen things up a little bit. Giannis has been kind of hinting at that too, like. There is nobody on, on on in in the NBA universe happier than the Bucks or Bucks fans today because this this solves the Giannis thing. You're now title favorites, I think. The, I think when the they're going to the be the favorites. Up, I bet you they're the favorites. favorites. Yeah, and then and then you know you piss and and then for for the rest of the league, like we all get to laugh at Miami today. Like, <laughs> how great is that? <laughs> we all, we all well, get to... like this is the one trade outcome too that I think still qualifies as not being a dick to Dame for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Too like like yeah. all of the other destinations because Toronto was the big buzz over the last couple of days, and it's like it's like Toronto could add Dame straight up without having to pay a single player, and I'm still like Dame, OG Ananobi, Siakam, four or five, Scotty seven. Barnes, and and Pirtle, like uh, like that's not as good as Boston, right? You know, like yeah, and, and some of these other destinations you've seen thrown out, and so it actually made sense to be like, look, like Dame's giving you eleven years of service, like send him to Miami, like send him to where yeah. he wants to go. This is a destination where it's like, hey, thank us later when you have a championship yeah. next summer, like like right. th- like this is overnight championship favorite. The only complaint you could have is the market situation, but like, oh, dude, like this is what, what, and honestly, we were just talking about a boring NBA off season, man. How about <laughs> us, man? We, we willed it into existence just like that. Yeah. There's I'm the, buzz. the sports book right now. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm just marveling it at how quickly Bucks this are the championship shift. favorite at plus tw- uh, four twenty five. They are <laughs> the Denver nuggets are at plus four seventy five. The Celtics plus 500. 
So like literally they have the Nuggets, Bucks, and uh and Celtics all right next to each other, and the Suns only a little bit behind that. Lakers plus twelve hundred seems like some value, don't you think? <laughs> mm, I'd probably still wait a little bit, wait for like the, the LeBron hammy pull, and then that yeah, drops exactly. to like plus two thousand, <laughs> and then then I think I would probably put some money on it. But yeah, I <laughs> this is wild. I we, you look, we I I said that when we were getting ready to do this, I said begrudgingly, maybe we'll get some Dame talking. <laughs> I think the title of this is going to be uh, what's 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 to do or what does this mean for for the rest of the league? Oh. This is incredible, but um, yeah, I and and I think importantly, I guess for those Lakers fans who are tuning in right now, Dame's out of the West. He did not go to a Western Conference team. The Blazers get worse. They're now talking about. Uh, I think Woj said a second ago that they are getting ready to shift Drew to a team where he can win. Um, more than he would be winning right now in, in Portland. DeAndre Ayton, So Drew think, did end up in Portland in the deal. Yes, yeah. So uh, Sean. Oh, that's right, because the, they dumped they dumped Nurkic as well. So they would have had to match literally like sixty million in salary or seventy million. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. So the Bucks get Dame, Blazers get Drew and Ayton, and then Kamara and then the uh, or Kamara and the twenty twenty nine first round Bucks pick and a Bix, a Bucks pick swap. And then the Suns get Nurkic, Little, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen. So actually, I kind of like this return for the Suns. I, I, I think Nurkic, eight, they're gonna miss Aiton's mobility quite a bit compared to Nurkic. Um, Nurkic is it, Nurkic just feels like the kind of center that teams would employ to get, be six fouls against Shaq for a while there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, you know. They, they they shore up my big concern with the Suns heading into the season were like, who are their perimeter guys who are going to do the little things, especially defensively? And you do yeah. get Grayson Allen to do some of that. Um, you do, and, and, and that, that like shores up that a little bit. Um, and it just kind of balances out the roster. But yeah, for the Lakers in, in looking at this, you said that you had, I think Vegas had them at fifth right here, right now. It's kind of like uh, the 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 clear second team. Actually, it's team. sixth, I think. So, so you have, you're talking about the Lakers, right? Yeah. So you have the the Bucks. Yeah, they're at the. Sixth. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, so you have the Bucks, the Sun, did you go Suns Nuggets or Nuggets? Suns? Okay, they just shipped because they just dropped the Heat's odds. So it's it's Bucks plus 425, Nuggets okay. plus 475, Celtics plus 500, Suns plus 650, Lakers plus 1200, they are in fifth. And then the Warriors are right behind the Lakers at plus 1300, which is crazy. Like the Lakers are clearly, they should be viewed as a better team than the Warriors going into the season. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I would have them closer to that plus 500-ish group than I agree. to the plus 1200. So to your original point, there is, I think, some value right now. I still think I would wait a little bit, but but yeah, I... We were going to talk about like the Lakers identity and all that, and I promise we are going to get to that. But this is the biggest story of the offseason, right? It, it just it just is. flat out is. And uh, you know, from from I, I just I can't 
fathom how poorly Miami played this. It is crazy to me how poorly they played this. It reminds me, frankly, of how Magic Johnson handled the first set of AD trade negotiations with New Orleans, where he 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 started those negotiations offering like Rondo and some crappy contracts and maybe a pick. And his reason for doing so was like, nobody else is offering anything. AD's forcing his way here uh, soon anyway. So you may as well get this done and get whatever you possibly can for him. And Dems at the time basically said, nah, we'll play out this season and we'll, and we'll talk again in the off season. And, you know, fortunately for the Lakers, no other team really swooped in for AD in this case for Miami. I kind of think Pat Riley took a similar approach where he was like, nobody else is making any offers. You'll get, you'll, you'll take Tyler hero's contract and you'll like it. And Portland said, we can wait, you know, and, and unfortunately for Miami, a team really swooped in here in Milwaukee. Nobody heard about Milwaukee. Not a single person I have spoken to thought had, had Milwaukee on their radar. And that's just kind of how these things go eventually, just like it did with the Paul George trade in um, Indiana, where he was leaving Indiana. He was going to be a Laker and then he wasn't. And then he goes to OKC and the gamble OKC is making is maybe he'll re-up. Maybe he'll, he'll like it here enough that he'll, he'll stick around. And eventually he did. And I think here for Milwaukee, this is a great gamble. This is, this is an out, outrageous gamble for them that they can basically say, all right, Dame, I think you're going to like playing with Giannis. Giannis, I think you're going to like playing with Dame. Both of you can stick around here for the next five years or so. And we'll see where we are after that. I, I, I love the way Milwaukee is handling this. And I really think Pat Riley messed this up completely. Well, I think he was negotiating from a position of leverage where he thought there's no way that Portland would send Dame to somewhere that was significantly worse of a situation than what we have. Yeah. I don't think he saw any material, uh, any position or situation materialize that would have threatened them in that way. And so it basically came down to like, obviously Portland wants to find a return that makes more sense with their timeline and their situation. And they've got... Yeah. Their three core young players are guards, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, and Scoot Henderson, right? So, like, bringing in Tyler Harrow into that situation doesn't make any sense. Now you're talking about redirecting him to third teams, which are only going to bring other forms of salary filler back. So it just didn't make a ton of sense. But Pat Riley just was banking on the fact that the simple, like, the desire to not be vindictive would prevent yeah. Portland from doing that. And what I don't think he ever conceptualized as a threat here was that Portland would be able to do both. And that's what yeah. they did. They were, they were able to send Dame to legitimately, not just a position that's as good as the Miami situation, but I'd argue better than the Miami situation. Oh yeah. So he, he sent Dame to a better winning situation and pulled back something that I think they view as a foundational piece in DeAndre Ayton. I think they view him as the anchor on both ends of the floor. Like Nurkic has availability issues and he has defensive issues. You put mm -hmm. now DeAndre Ayton obviously has his own defensive issues, but in theory, when he's engaged, he's a capable defensive player and he's an awesome screen and roll big with great hands who finishes everything around the basket. Could you, conceptualize a better idea for a player to put next to Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp over the next few years. Probably not. Yep. So like, I, I think in a weird way, like if Pat was banking on the status quo set of options being all that was out there and clearly, and I, you know, <clears throat> credit to the staffs involved too, because this is not the first time we've seen this before, but we always hear all these rumors and shit. 
Yeah. And like, I didn't hear any of this. This None. came out of nowhere. And so like yeah. credit to the Bucks and credit to the Blazers for like navigating this situation and working out a deal and keeping it underneath the radar so that they could scoop Dame away from Pat Riley. Like it, honestly, honestly, it was, it, it was really well executed on that front. Yeah, I can't wait for you always get those pieces about how these deals come together and you always get like the the you know the 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 minor details that come up that eventually Milwaukee basically, you know, when they said enough is enough, right? And and look, Giannis he has been pretty vocal, especially by Giannis's standards this summer about hey, I I I love being a buck, but I am a winner. I'm a winner before I'm a buck and 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 all that stuff and he was kind of in his own super duper nice way saying like, Hey, we're going to do something eventually. Right? Like, Hey, we're, we're not going to keep running this thing back because they, all they were going to be, be based. And look, it was a fairly successful off season, I think for the bucks in that they were able to bring everybody back. Um, that was before they went out and got Dame. And I could also see why Giannis would say, I we've we've I've watched this movie a few times. We're we're good here. Can we mm -hmm. can we get some other pieces in here? And and I, 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 I think the biggest part of all of this, the biggest impact made around the league is that I would imagine this placates Giannis and this guy who I know the Lakers have been kind of looking to the side. Like I laughed the other day at the report that like that there was this list of teams that are closely monitoring Giannis. I'm like, 29 other teams are closely monitoring Giannis. Exactly. Every every other team is is watching for what happens here. But now, I would imagine now that Milwaukee has kind of proven to Giannis, hey, here's this guy. Here's this guy. It, it, I, I believe, uh, yeah, this is from Chris Haynes, uh, where he said that, in, in a Fresno barbershop called Phase the Second a few months ago, Giannis Attendacumpo was asked of the one player he would like to play with. His response was Damian Lillard. So, like, they got him the guy that he really, really wants to play with. So the fact that now Giannis is probably off of the table for the foreseeable future, that to me, even beyond the basketball impact this year, that to me is the, the giant wave that's going to send ripples across the next few years in the NBA. They've done a nice job identifying the two times that Giannis was getting a little antsy and like yes. that, because that was when the Drew Holiday trade came down. Remember, like you starting to yep. get a little antsy and then came the Drew Holiday trade, right? Which led to a title, by the way. And uh, immediately, I think it happened the first year. That's a great point. So you're, you have the uh, kind of a similar vibe here. Like we've started to get some of those quotes coming out of the woodwork, you know, Giannis talking about what he would do in the long run and, and they identified it and they made a move. And like, and th that's, that's to me, like kind of the whole point to why I wanted Portland to take care of Dame is like mm. they had given like Dame. We can all agree that like Dame is not a perfect superstar, but he's very, very good. And there are mm -hmm. lesser players than him in the in NBA history that have been able to overcome and win an NBA championship. And so yeah. my thing is like, like it got to the point where he had given them so many chances in that regard that it was like actually time for him to to yep. go have an opportunity to play somewhere and like i think like we 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 too frequently look this part over which is like oh the small market team can't hang on to the star and it's like they usually do when they give the star what he needs to compete like yeah. it's really that simple you know like giannis is not going to leave milwaukee because they've given him what he needs to compete 
They've done a nice job of hanging on to assets and hanging on to the flexibility necessary to pounce on opportunities when they arise. And so guess what? Like Giannis is probably going to be a buck for the rest of his career. And I I would even argue that they've bought in a certain, they've, they've, they've created a certain margin for error with Giannis now too, because they've now come through for him in a big way twice. And so Mm -hmm. if he has a couple of rough years, four or five years from now, like there's no reason for him not to trust that they'll do it again. And and like, I think that, I think that the bucks have just done an awesome job of kind of, uh, of kind of, 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 of demonstrating the proper process to succeed as a smaller market team. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of happy that, cause I don't think Dame or his camp handled this particularly well. Um, I think had he, of course come, I think if he would have gone to Portland and given them like a list of teams, three or four teams that Portland would have maintained enough leverage to get more out of Miami than Miami was willing to offer up. Dame would have been in Miami forever ago, and this would have all been taken care of. Um, but I'm actually glad that despite not handling it that well, Dame does find himself in this opportunity to win because of the point that you just made a second ago that he has given Portland ample opportunity over the course of his career to course correct, right? The CJ McCollum thing wasn't happening. It wasn't working. They waited like two years too long on that. And then even after they moved on, moved away from CJ McCollum, they brought in another tiny little guard that makes it really difficult to compete. Um, and, and, and I think uh, I'm happy that Dame, being the competitor that he is, and having spent so much time in Portland not running from the grind, uh, get, gets the opportunity now to step into a ready-made championship team that, frankly, I don't think he would have been on in Miami. Like I, he, he even would have been, yeah, they would have been really good, but not clearly ahead of the field the way this team looks. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I'm happy that I'm happy for Dame in, in 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 that like he doesn't he actually kind of benefits from him bumbling the process to this point that like he just (laughs) like it's like an accident that he just happens to go to where he needs to go to right now um and and now arrives at at the championship type of contender that he's been really and 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 frankly i as an nba fan have wanted to see dame in this situation Mm -hmm. no me too i 100 percent agree i think you did a really nice job of hitting on like the the portland thing where it just seemed from a structural standpoint they never gave him what he needed like if i told you I've got the uh, one of the best on-ball guards in the league, but that he's a small guard that has some physical limitations. What would you think of as the ideal way to build around him? You'd immediately say uh, dominant defensive front line. Like, end of story. That's what you would need, a dominant yeah. defensive front line. I mean, we Wings literally saw this. Yeah, athleticism. we literally saw this with Golden State. Like, they... That the entire structure of the defense is like we had we had Draymond Green, who was one of the best defensive fulcrums of this era. We had Andre Guadalla, who was one of the best perimeter defenders of this era. And then, you know, from down the roster, we had guys that role players that competed on the defensive Wiggins, end of the floor. And even Clay was a really good defender. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's the, the dirty little secret about even the early Warriors teams from 2015, 2016 on, is they always were elite defensive teams with as much focus as there was on Steph. And so, like, that's the thing is, like, even as we look at back in NBA history, you know, Jokic Gordon is probably the worst defensive front line to win a title in the last 20 years. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If the, I mean, like, like I would argue LeBron, Tristan Thompson was a better defensive front line than those two guys. Right. So, like, yeah. in terms of overall versatility and stuff. So, like, I, I like they're they're the exception. 
But as we go back in NBA history, every champion has this like epic defensive front line. Uh, and so like at a certain point, you have to build that for Dame, and they just yeah. never did. They never, ever, ever gave him even a competent defensive front line, let alone the type of defensive front line that could allow him to contend for championships. And like, you know, it's funny because that that overwhelming offensive firepower has the ability to push you over the top, but only when you have basic fundamental foundational things. And yeah. and Portland just never established those. And even the even the one time they had a good deep playoff run going into uh, that conference final series with the Warriors, it was literally because Dame went absolutely nuclear in the first round and CJ McCollum went absolutely nuclear in the second round until they ran into a team in Golden State that was able to contain them. So like, I it, it just was one of those things where it, it was well overdue. And I agree with you. Like, again, I, I wanted uh, my opinion on Dame getting sent where he want, deserved to go, so to speak, was not supposed to uh, alleviate any sort of blame or 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 fair criticism of the way he handled it because obviously mm. the antics they pulled behind the scenes were not great my whole thing was like like this is not james harden or kyrie yeah. irving this is not a dude flexing a situation and taking advantage of a franchise a franchise this is the opposite of that dame yeah. has earned that type of uh, of situation from the franchise but like you're, you're right i mean behind the scenes it wasn't pretty but you're, this is the ideal outcome Portland got something that makes sense for their current timeline. They got a, a fulcrum for both ends of the floor, a great pick and roll partner for their guards, a great, uh, not great, but a, a solid defensive fulcrum. And then they uh, managed to send Dame to a situation where he has a bona fide chance to win a championship. Everybody's happy. This is ideal. My, except for Miami. Except for and Miami. Like said, and like I said, don't be, <laughs> don't be surprised if they do something crazy here. Don't be surprised. Yeah. Don't be surprised if they make a move for Drew Holiday. Don't be surprised if they make a move for well, Drew Holiday just strikes me as like the perfect Miami Heat guy, doesn't he? But like, but like it's like, do you, but that do you want Tyler Hero now? To Portland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I imagine know like him last week, but how about now? <laughs> imagine, imagine like, imagine Portland now calling Miami. Hey, any interest in Drew Holiday? Like how could <laughs> Pat Riley would just, you know. <laughs> well, don't be surprised if they go after something crazy like James Harden either. Or like maybe, maybe it's like someone like, uh, um, Someone like Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan, you know, somebody yeah. along those lines. Levine has always felt like a Miami guy. He just he just yeah. like strikes me as a Miami guy. Mm -hmm. um, well, look, completely throughout the plan for this show, and uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So all that means is that we're going to have to bring you back here another time. Yeah, to let's talk, talk about Lakers. the Lakers. Let's talk Lakers later on in camp. Yeah, let's yeah. Do We'll talk Lakers. Uh, by that time, we will talk uh, Ahsoka after it will have wrapped, I would imagine. Um, Jason, you do a great job for the volume. Hoops Tonight is where you can tune into his show uh, and, and, and do so on a nightly basis. Again, great stuff there. Also, the Two, Shun Two Sons uh, podcast where you talk about uh, Star Wars is also fantastic. Thanks very, very much for hopping on. Apologies for, for you know trying to handle all of this on the air live and stuff. Uh, but this has been a blast, as always. Dude, this was fun. And all it means is uh, we have to do another show before the end of camp. So we'll, we'll talk Lakers and Ahsoka later on. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs>